Are you ready for the Word of God? I'm excited. So if you want to get excited with me, that's great. If not, I'm just going to keep preaching. <laughs> and believe, believe that somewhere, somewhere along the line, some way, you'll, you'll get excited. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear your word, to rejoice in the things that you have for us. Father, I just ask you to guide my heart and my lips to speak your words, to encourage your people. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, we had a great message last week from Pastor George. He was just so exciting. Pastor uh, Gary George. Uh, he was so exciting about, you know, we can believe God, we can press on, we can believe for all the promises that he has. And I heard Norma's testimony of how she was down and out, the, the bank <clears throat> pulled the rug out from underneath her and she needed to come up with $28,000 in three weeks. Could you do that? <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> she, her first reaction was, oh no, <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> I'm going to lose my house. But God gives us faith to believe him. And so little by little, she started doing things to bring in money. She put her house up for, or not house, her, her, her extra car on the internet to see if anyone would buy it, just per happenstance. And somebody gave her $9,100. Then on her job, they give monies, benevolence, to those that are suffering from loss of family members. They don't usually give her give uh, much more than 2,500, and this wasn't a loss of family, it would have been a loss of a home, they gave her $5,000. Then her husband got some money early from his uh, uh, paycheck, and the mother, her mother-in-law gave her some extra money, and lo and behold, they got all the money eight days before the house was going to go to sale. So our title today, with God, say it, all things are possible. With men, it's impossible. If she tried to do that in her own strength, guess what? It would have never happened. But when God starts getting in the picture, when God starts helping you, things happen that you couldn't do in your own strength. And it's so, it, you know, there's a scripture, and we're going to get to it. It's not just a pretty little saying. It's not just a little poem. It's not just a little cute thing to say. What God said, Jesus actually said, with God, all things are possible. Now, why would he say something like that? Because he was in heaven, and he watched how God parted the Red Sea. Amen? That was a pretty big thing, right? You don't see that every day. <laughs> you can't even part a pool. But he parted the Red Sea. And I just imagine how they saw the, the fishes swimming in the part that was parted. That must have been kind of a weird feeling, huh? Maybe one of them jumped out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, he saw the, the children of Israel for 40 days, uh, 40 years, they, their feet, you know, didn't wear out, the shoes didn't wear out, the clothes didn't wear out, no one was sick, no one was feeble, no one had canes, nobody was in a wheelchair, they all came out strong, healthy. Sometimes we can't even get a Sunday where everybody's healthy, everybody's like, oh, I'm sick, <laughs> I can't come to church. 40 years! that they were well, and they walked out in health. Everybody, the 90-year-olds, the 80-year-olds, everybody happy, singing praises with Regina leading the choir. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so Jesus said, I've seen what God can do. And he says, with God, all things... Remember when the angel came to Mary and said, you're going to have a child? And she says, but I don't have a husband. I don't know a man. He said, with men it is impossible, but with God... <laughs> All, you know, God is an all God. Did you know that? 
He, he talks in all. He says, all grace may abound towards you. Not some grace, not a little bit of grace. All grace. I can do how many things? A lot of things, but not all things? That's what he said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What do you say? All things work together for the good. All, everything that you face. He gives you power over all. And he's not an in-between, halfway, sometimes yes, sometimes no. All. What does all mean? Everything. everything. My God shall supply pretty much most of your needs, you know? No, no. All. 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 He's an all kind of God. I like that. He, he's a God who forgives how many of our iniquities? All of our iniquities. All the little ones, the big ones, the small ones. All of them. And he healeth how many of your diseases? All. 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 Don't you like that about God? He's not saying, you know, like it just depends on how I feel that day. <laughs> you imagine people in line, you know, you're in line and you went, well, how's he feel? Is he in a good mood today? <laughs> no, he's, he's, everybody's covered, okay? Everybody got the yes button. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, okay, but what about in your life? Do you have some things that are impossible? Things that, are, that, are, that are, uh, need some attention? Some things that you yourself couldn't do in your own strength? Praise the Lord. Um, there are some things that are just too big for you. Is that not true? Let me see here. Let me see here. Where is that? Okay. Um, there's sometimes that things are considered incurable. You ever, you ever heard about that? When people go to the doctor and say, I got an incurable disease. Right? It's terminal. It's in the final stages. No hope. It's too far gone. The cancer has spread too much. I'm going to die. That's what men say. Because with men... It's impossible. They said, I'm sorry, sir. We've done all that we can do. Uh, medical science uh, can't help you anymore. They, they send you home. You know, I, I was hearing uh, on the Internet this guy named uh, Billy, Brook, Billy Burke. He was nine years old, and he had terminal cancer in his brain. His eye was all, you saw that? His eye was uh, double vision. And the doctor said, I'm sorry, son, but, you know, we, we've done all that we can do. We're going to send you home. You're, you, you're going to die. <laughs> His mother said, oh, no, he's not going to die. She took him to, uh, and she prepped him. She said, we're going to go to a Catherine Coleman meeting, and when that woman points her finger and touches you, you're going to get healed. You hear me, Billy? You're going to get healed. <laughs> and she kept drilling him. When that lady touches you, you're going to get healed. He, he kept, yes, 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 mom, yes, mom, yes, mom. So he's up in the balcony. And Catherine Coleman sees him and says, You boy, the Lord is going to heal you of your cancer. Come down here. <laughs> He's not only nine years, he says, no, I, no, I'm not, I don't want to go down there. He says, I told you, the Lord's going to heal you. Come down here. No, no, I don't, I don't. Ushers, bring that boy down here. And she brought him down here and she said, Do you believe that the Lord is able to do this? He goes, Yes, I do. And she turned around and he said, Oh, phew. I'm off the hook. And then she spun around and said, I said, do you believe? <laughs> you know how she does it. Do you believe? And she touched him, and she, he said he fell back. Four rows of people fell back, and he, he said it was 
a presence that he's never felt ever before in his life. And he got up and he was completely healed. She said to him, take that patch off your eye. He said, no, no, I'm not going to take it. She said, I told you, take that patch off your eye. Took the patch off his eye. He could see perfectly. And he, three days before he was going to die, the Lord healed him. With men, what? It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So look at this person right here. Oh, what happened? There it is. Uh, does this look like he's in sad shape? He needs a little help, doesn't he? Well, they left him, you know, there's no hope, son. You know, it's, it's over. We, we just, we just uh, can't do anything more. And we're just going to let you, uh, you know, finish out your time peaceably. We're just going to medicate you and you'll, you'll be all right. Well, my wife at the, at the women's conference gave this testimony. A friend of hers, her uncle was in a coma and he was dying, yes, he was gray, in a coma, and they had given up on him. And so for four months, she went there and read the Bible to him, confessed healing scriptures, prayed over him. When she left, she left the tape recorder on, so the healing scriptures were playing 24-7. She came every day for four months. Now, how many of you could do that for four months? When would you give up? After the first day? I prayed, nothing happened. First week, first month, four months. All of a sudden, in the fourth month, he sits up, he pulls all the stuff, all the tubes out of his arms, and he looks at her and goes back to sleep. Then about a week later, they discharged him from the hospital. How did that happen? Because you know what? One prayer doesn't always do it. You have to continue to believe God. If you believe the word of God, you keep putting it to the point that you need it to be at. When I had the lymphoma in my, in my throat, I just kept confessing. I command this lump to go. I command it to be cast into the sea. And I do not doubt in my heart. And I believe, Father God, I thank you that all my white blood cells are not overproducing in the name of Jesus. Amen. My wife is believing for some health issues. How many of you have some health issues that you believe in God for? Anybody out there is believing for health issues? Anybody over 50 usually has some health issues, you know? <laughs> and so some things I pray for and they get healed right away. It's so glorious. Isn't it great? Oh, praise God, you know? And some things like this current thing she's dealing with didn't go away. Hmm, <laughs> what is wrong there? So we had to look it up and find out it could be a little bit in the diet. Could be a little bit in the sunshine and these kinds of things. And so we started doing, making corrections in the diet, believing God, confessing, listening to scriptures, and confessing. And every day she kept getting better and better and better. So she's able to go on vacation with her mom, knowing that God is in, in the process of healing her because she's changing some things in our lives. Sometimes God wants to get our attention. So what happened to this guy? Let's see what happened. Turn the slide. Ah, oh, look at him. Oh, my. Praise the Lord. With men, it is impossible, but what? With God, all things are possible to him that believe. Now, either one is true or not. Either it's true or not. If all things are possible with God and they're not working, then the Bible's a lie, isn't it? 
if, if it says all things are, both can't be true. God can't be true to his word and yet not be true in your own life. Just because you didn't see it, maybe you went to somebody that was a great minister, you know. Oh, the healing virtue of God was there. And he prayed, he has such a powerful ministry. And I walked away and nothing happened. Just because you didn't get healed that moment doesn't mean that the will of God isn't for you to be healed. The Bible says that we were all healed 2,000 years ago. When Jesus bore the stripes on his back, by his stripes we were healed. All we have to do is receive our healing. We were all saved 2,000 years ago. Now we just need to receive our salvation. We have a sound mind. All we have to do is receive the sound mind that he has given to us. Praise God. It's all about receiving. What about a, what about a marriage? Anybody here married? <laughs> well, let's look at this couple right here. Okay. How are they doing? Not so good, right? I hear, I hear people, I hear married people say all the time, well, we haven't had a good time in a long time. We just don't like each other. Okay? We can't get along. We're just different. But they weren't different when they were courting, when they wanted to get married. They were running to, Pastor, how soon can you marry us? <laughs> Next week? <laughs> now we got to do some little counseling here first. Okay, all right, whatever it takes. You know, but, you know, marriage, I, had, I have two quotes. Marriage gives you an opportunity to annoy one special person for the rest of your life. Isn't that something? <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. Okay, here's another one. If at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way your wife told you to do it. <laughs> because, you know, opposites come together to help each other. And you, you're attracted to the opposite sex because, of what, because they're opposite, but then when you marry them, you want to change them to be like you, and they're not. You know? She just doesn't want to close the cereal box. I don't know what the story is on that. Okay? She says, I just think that you're going to take care of me. <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> and she probably can't understand how come my socks are, you know, in the wrong place all the time. I just thought you would take care of me. <laughs> We're opposites. We help each other. Praise the Lord. And I found out, let's see. Let's see what can happen here. What a difference a slide can make. How can you go from, go back to the first one. The, 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 how can you go from there to the next slide? To there. Well, it's, usually it's a, I apologize I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry. I love you. You know I didn't mean to hurt you. Just a simple softness can change a slide in just a minute. And it's not so hard to do it, men and women. It's not so hard to say, you know, even if you think you're right, because most times we think we're right. I know I do, almost 100% of the time. <laughs> but you have to say, okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't mean it. Let's work this thing out. And when you can do that, you can have a happy marriage, praise God. Now, you single people, you say, well, you know, it, it's too late for me, uh, I'm too old, um, my, my best years are behind me. Well, that could be a good country song, but really it's not, it's not really true in the kingdom of God. We know Terry McFadden that was ministering here a while back, she didn't get married until she was 60 years old. 
That's a long time to wait. But she's very happily married for the last 10 years. So praise God, singles. Uh, you, you don't have to uh, be discouraged. God is still watching and waiting for you. How about finances? Any of you need some extra finances? How, how does this sound? Uh, how would you like to be completely out of debt? Not owing anybody anything. All your cars are paid off, your houses are, are paid off, all your credit cards are paid off, all your student loans are paid off. In this economy? Certainly. Isn't it saying with God? All things are possible? I know when, when uh, about eight years ago, my wife and I and our family, we didn't own a home. We were renting. And uh, the landlord said, we're going to sell the place. You guys need to skedaddle, get out of here. Hmm. <laughs> we didn't like that at all. We had a little bit of money saved up, but not enough. And lo and behold, my father said, I'll help you out, son. He gave us some money for the down payment. We were able to get into a, a house of um, short sale. Worked out just perfectly for us. And then my wife started getting promotions and raises. I started getting uh, raises and bonuses. And all of a sudden, we started accumulating money. We started getting out of debt, started paying off our student loans. And, you know, we'd go to our, our uh, financial analyst that my son recommended. And he kind of, first time he went there, he kind of scratched his head. Kind of like going to the dentist. You know, when you go to the dentist and you haven't been there for a while, you're going like, oh, my gosh, what are they going to find? And so I said, I don't want to go to no financial analyst. And so we went there. He goes, well, you started kind of late on your retirement. I mean, you are 55 years old. And now, you know, you're going to be retiring in 10 years. Now you want to start a retirement? <laughs> and uh, he didn't say that, but implied. <laughs> And he worked with it. You're going to have to come up with such and such amount of money in, in such and such amount of time. And every year we went back, he kept going like, how, I don't know how you guys have straightened this thing out. But it looks like you're in really good shape now. And every year we went back, it got better and better and better. Why? With God, all things are possible. And my son, who watches just the numbers, is in amazement. I don't know how you guys did that. I don't even know how myself. I didn't take, keep track of it, but God was keeping track and blessing myself and my family as we tithe, we give ourselves, our hearts to him, and he watches over us. So you can be in a situation where, next slide, uh, you, you, you just, isn't this a terrible look? You got too much bills and not enough money. You got too much month and not enough income. I always like the saying, when you're, when you're, uh, when your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep is your downfall. <laughs> in other words, you got too much going out that's coming in. You know, I, I learned that with my wife when we first got married. She, uh, she, she, out, she was outspending my income, outspending our income. So I tried to slow that down, and that didn't work. So I said, you know what, I got to work on the income side. And so I started believing God for extra income, and he started manifesting himself. So it's amazing. You know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. Everything belongs to him. People started giving us money all over the place. And it was nice to see God bless us. And then when we went into this church, the church that we took over, or, or was, I was the administrator in Pasadena, they were behind $130,000. And I said, Lord, have mercy. He said, I prepared you so that you can believe me to overcome this. And in one year, we got rid of that whole debt. Why? Because he was training me to believe him. 
for money. You can start believing God for money to, in addition to what you're making on your regular salary. God's not tied into your salary. Praise God. So he, he, can, he can do that for you. And, uh, but the enemy tries to convince you that it, it's, it's too late. It, it's too, too far gone. It, it's too bad. It's hopeless. Uh, you have too much money uh, owed. It's too big. It's too hard. What are those? Lies, lies, lies. God can turn your life around like that if you give yourself to him because it says with God. Are you with God? If you're with God, God can make it happen. And some people would say, oh, it'll take a miracle for you to get out of debt. Oh, psh, that's what God does. He's a miracle-working God. He can do things that you couldn't do. Praise the Lord. So your life can change and it can look like this. Freedom. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about your gas money. You don't have to worry about do you have enough money for your a birthday party for your kids. You have a surplus that God has given to you. Do you guys believe this? Okay, how about this? How about free from a habit or an addiction? Something that's dogged you for many, many years. Bugged you your whole life. You've been defeated year after year. You might have fallen 959 times. Maybe gotten drunk or stole or lied or cheated or done something crazy. But God says, I don't look at you the way you are. I look at you the way, I, the way I've made you to be. He, he's invested in you. He wants you to rule and reign with him for eternity. In the millennium, he says, I'm going to make you ruler over cities. Amen? God believes in us. So we have to reach out and grab hold of that in the name of Jesus. You might be a shopaholic. Any shopaholics in here? <laughs> Some people that just can't, you know, get a hold of their... their <laughs> All right, we'll have a, we'll have a prayer time afterwards. <laughs> But there's no deliverance in being a shopaholic. I mean, there's no, you know, satisfying thing. The Bible says that man's eyes are never satisfied. You're never satisfied. You know, you buy a new dress, and guess what? Next week, you need another new dress. And before you know it, you need shoes. And every, I mean, you can have, there's people who have like over 300 shoes. Are they happy? No. I heard this quote from, from Howard Stern. He, he signed a contract for, uh, how much was it? What's 80 times five? $400 million. $400 million. And they ask him, are you happy? He goes, I haven't been happy a day in my life. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Haven't been happy for a day in my life. So let's look at this. Okay, you want to see how, how Jesus handled situations? Let's, let's look at this from scriptures. And I got some readers here. Mark 9, 14 through 16. Is that you, Joanne? Okay. Let me, let, here, hold this. Let me set the stage. Okay, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you know how that goes? Where he went and he transfigured himself into his glory state, where he was white, his face was white, and his clothes were white, no, like no uh, laundry could, could make them. They were brilliant. They were flowing with the glory of God. And Peter, James, and John were up there, and they saw him. And then he comes down, and nine of his disciples are there, and they're trying to cast out a demon out of a boy, and they couldn't do it. And so here's what happens. And when he came to his disciples, this is Jesus, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, 
all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him, and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? So he came down to the other nine disciples, and they were amazed. Why were they amazed? Because the glory of the Lord was shining out from him, and they were amazed, like, whoa, where you been? <laughs> That's what they should say about you when you come out of your prayer closet. Whoa, where you been? <laughs> the glory is all over you. And so they ran to him and greeted him. And they, then he asked them, what are you discussing with them? Because it says up here, they were, they were disputing with them. Well, you know what they were saying? They were saying, can't cast out the devil, huh? Hmm. Maybe this stuff is just a bunch of phony baloney stuff, you know? Maybe you guys don't really have the power. If you did, you'd cast them. And your master, maybe he couldn't do it either. And they were, you know how scribes are. You know how people that are doubting are. And so they were disputing amongst them. And uh, I can understand, you know, Jesus came to defend them. He said, what are you, what are you, what are you talking to my boys about? <laughs> I, I have a defensive, uh, you know, part about me as well. We were playing basketball the other day, and we had to go to a foreign court. Bad mistake. Bad mistake. Because you play with when you play basketball with people that you don't know, you don't know how they are. You don't know if they're gang members. And these, I, I should have known it because the guy, he wanted to smoke a joint before he played. I thought, okay, this, this is not... This. So we're playing basketball, and the guy keeps pushing me. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he starts elbowing me in the back. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, oh, it's just basketball. I go, no, that's not basketball. That's some kind of kung fu something or other. So his mother comes, his mother's there and says, what, what, are you, what are you disputing? What are you complaining about? I go, your son is, is hitting me. He goes, he's just playing basketball. You're just sore because you're losing. I go, no, I'm sore because he's hitting me in the back. That's what I'm sore about. <laughs> and there was another little guy there. He's young looking, but he's not that young. And they go, is that your son? I go, no. He says, you're making a bad example. I go, I'm telling the truth here, ma'am. You need to talk to your son and tell him what he's doing. Did, have you talked to your son? <laughs> and so finally, guess what? We had to say, okay, you play on your side. And we'll play on our side. Amen. And they kept saying, Pastor, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> so you, you're rough and tough and don't take no stuff, don't you? <laughs> you know? and, and so fi finally, another guy came. They said, now, now do you want to play with this? Okay, whatever. We play. And he still pushing and shoving. And I just said, you know what? So what they did is say, okay, we won't let you guys watch each other. Okay? <laughs> we'll let somebody else watch him. And still he tried to come over and get me. I don't know what it was. Then I thought, wow, that, that, that has to be some kind of persecution. I, I had to have something going where he just didn't, he wanted to stomp me out, man. I wanted to call Ron. Ron, come over here. I was getting nervous because he said, <laughs> the mom said, you know, he's being kind to you. I go, really? <laughs> I thought, oh, he might have a gun or a knife or what, all this kind. I, I can remember one time when I was younger, I was playing at the park in Hawthorne, and I was doing shoving and playing with this guy. And, and so after he left, the police came and go, we're looking for, for a guy named Buddha. And uh, my friend says, yeah, that's the guy you were watching. He goes, yeah, he stabbed somebody the other night. I go, oh, gosh. Oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. So that was a bad move. But anyway, Jesus was defending, praise God, his disciples. 
Okay, let's look at the next scripture, Marion. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. They could not. Not that they would not. They couldn't. I was wondering, how long did, were they trying to cast that devil out? Like, okay, Andrew, you try. <laughs> Philip, you want to give it a go? <laughs> Bartholomew, you got a prayer in there? What are we? We're trying. We're trying to cast. I, I heard a testimony of Dr. Cho. When he first learned how to cast out devils, uh, the lady came into the office in the afternoon, like 12 or 1 o'clock, and so he was casting out the devil. I devil, I command you, come out of the woman. And the woman said, no, we're not coming out. He said, no, I, I told you, you've got to come out of that woman. He said, they said, no, we're staying in here. We're not coming out. And they said they were going back and forth and back and forth. And it got, they were getting tired. He said, devils, come out of there. <laughs> no, we're not coming out. And it was getting to be about like 5 o'clock, and the husband of the wife was going to be coming home to pick her up. You know, and he just, So finally he got desperate, and he said, I said, come out of her. And she got freed. You have to be determined. And you have to have some spiritual power. I can remember the first time I cast out a devil, and I was just a young, you know, believer in the Lord. And we're at church, and it was a big church, about 500 people. And one of the guys that I knew came up to me and goes, do you guys ever have a deliverance ministry? I go, sure, on Wednesday we have deliverance ministry. It's a nice little, you know, teaching. He goes, no, I mean, I got a friend who has a demon, and he acts like a wolf. I go, really? He goes, yeah, he, his teeth, you know, his gums kind of come up like this, and his teeth get sharp, and his back raises up, and he lunges at us. I go, you got to be kidding me. He goes, can you do anything? <laughs> I go, yeah, come back on Wednesday, okay? Bring him on Wednesday. So I went and talked to all my friends, all my pastor friends. I go, what do you do? He says, well, you got to, you know, fast, and you got to pray, you got to plead the blood of Jesus. You got you to be anointed and don't let him manifest. Whatever you do, don't let him manifest and just command him to come out. I go, okay. So I'm coming, it's coming up on Wednesday. I'm going like, well, I kind of like to film this. You know, it'd be kind of nice to show people how I cast out a devil. And then I thought to myself, well, what if I don't, you know, I'm not successful and the, the wolf man jumps on me, beats me up. So I said, I better get some elders. And I don't care how they pray, but they've got to be big elders. Because that way, <laughs> if something happens, they can grab that guy. And so sure enough, he comes that Wednesday, no cameras. And so I, you know, they say that uh, you're supposed to, everybody has different reports. You're supposed to call out the name of the demon. So I had a list of about 100 names, you know. <laughs> okay, you, fa you fatherless demon and this demon and that demon and Finally, I just said, forget that, you know. And that's why they say this was a hard demon to cast out because it was mute. So they thought that they had to get the name of the demon and the demon couldn't talk, so they couldn't figure out what the demon was. But Jesus didn't worry about that, and I didn't worry about that. I just said, come out in Jesus' name. And nothing happens. I said, I told you, come out of him in Jesus' name. Nothing happened. And all of a sudden, his teeth started showing, his gums started rolling back, his 
back started, and I remember he said, whatever you do, don't let him manifest. I go, okay. I said, come out of him. And, and all of a sudden, came out. I go, wow. Jesus, that's great. And the disciples, remember when they were casting out demons, they said, man, even the demons are subject to us. They were so excited, but here they couldn't cast this demon out. So let's see what happens. Who's our next reader is Norma. Oh, so, you know, Jesus could have said something like this. Well, you know, my, my, my disciples, they tried to cast out the devil. He didn't cast out. So maybe, maybe it's not the Lord's will. Maybe you're just supposed to, you know, for the glory of God, keep that demon. Or maybe God's working something out in your life. Or maybe you need to learn something. That's not what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. That, that's, a, that's a, what do you call it, manifestation, isn't it, of the devil? Devil's like really tempting, really taunting him, right? Convulsed him, he fell on the ground, wallowing around, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> Did that bother Jesus? No, look, look what Jesus says, Tissa. So he, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. A couple things here. I like the way Jesus was making over to Al. I like the way he was making conversation with the father. He said, well, how long has this been happening? What's been, why did he do that, you think? He was trying to get into the father's psyche. He was trying to get him to open up, find out where his faith was. And I, I saw this other minister, and when he was praying for people, he would talk to him. He would be polite. He just wouldn't be just say, okay, be, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. No, he said, well, well what, what's the doctor say? Well, how long have you been having this? And Jesus was spending time with him. He was concerned. He had compassion. Now, he says, now, they, they say there's no stupid questions. Have you heard that? I, I think there is some stupid questions, really. Or stupid people asking questions, okay? Because <laughs> look what he says. If you can do anything. If I was Jesus, I'd go, if I can do anything? <laughs> what are you talking about? I created all the heavens and the earth. I healed the blind I raised the dead. If, if I can do anything, do you think I can't do that? He said, if you can do it. Look, look at how it's directed. The man is saying, Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. I like that. And help us, the father, the son, and the mother probably. Help us. We, this is our only son, and we're putting all of our faith out. And look what uh, Jesus said. Al? Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Hold on one second, Al. Okay, so the guy said, if you can do anything, Lord. And what did Jesus do? He turned around and says, if you can believe. Oh, all of a sudden, where's all the responsibility? That's on us. God can do anything. But all things are possible to 
him who believes. He said, if you can believe. People say, oh, you know, when they have these big financial situations, uh, like Norma having to come up with 28,000, oh, God can do it. God, it's not impossible with God. Yeah, but you have to believe. Oh, God can heal that person. Yeah, but are you believing? It's on you now all of a sudden. You have to get your believer up. <laughs> and how do you do that? It's by putting the word of God on the inside of you. It's studying. It's petitioning the Lord. It's spending time with him. It's being obedient to him. All these things add into the if you can believe. All things, are all things possible to everybody? No, to all who believe. And that's why when people don't get healed, they say, well, they want to blame God. Oh, well, God, I guess God didn't want to heal him. I guess God wanted to kill him. I guess God wanted, you know, you want another flower in heaven. No, if you can't believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So now all of a sudden, now what does it take to believe? Is it casual? Is it a mental ascent? saying, okay, I know God can do it, or is it a spiritual dig down deep, receive the faith that comes from him, and apply it to your life and see God work? I know how it is. I know I've been there. I can mentally assent, you know, okay, God's supposed to do this. I, I told the story about when I first came to uh, the church, I, I, was, I could believe God for finances, but then they switched me over to believing God for praying for people that were sick. And I thought, oh, this is easy. Just switch it over. It says right here, Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I'd lay hands on the sick and they wouldn't recover. I go, that ain't right. Something's wrong there. Was it me or was it God? Well, God's word is always true. But you have to do everything in faith. So I had to learn. I had this guy ride with me for six months and show me and teach me how to tap into the healing virtue of God to see God heal. Did God heal you today? Are you good? You're good? Amen. Regina came in with a little muscle um, pull. Now she's got the healing virtue of God. I didn't just like all of a sudden, you know, learn how to do that. It took me six months of studying and praying, calling on God, asking God, God, please give me the, the healing virtue. Because I would pray for people and they would get, not, not, they wouldn't get well, they got worse. And, and one even died. And so I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to be able to keep my job very long here. This is the way, you know, they're going to call the church and say, well, we'll send a pastor out. We'll send Pastor Chuck out. And they, oh, I heard about him. Uh, no, you know what? <laughs> I'm starting to feel better already, you know. <laughs> so I, I had to learn how to pray for the sick. So all things are possible to him who believes. And so, Al, to finish that out. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So he's very honest. And I, I like this, these two words are here. He cried. He, the father of the child cried. His whole heart was into it. You ever cry out to the Lord, say, Lord, I need you to come through for me. My wife was wanting to go on vacation. She said, I want to be healed. And she cried out to the Lord. Lord, heal me before I go, you know. But it wasn't just a cry, it was a continual believing in faith. And he said with what? Tears. Real tears. Not just, you know, inward. The man was crying. I believe. Help my unbelief. Why did he say I believe? Because in the beginning, remember, he called him teacher. I don't think he really believed that he, that he was the son of God at that time. 
He was just saying, teacher, if you can do anything. If he knew he was son of God, he said, Lord, I know you can do something. Come and heal my, my, my child. I believe, help my unbelief. And so uh, Veronica has the last thing. What do you think happens here? Think Jesus does it? <laughs> think, is he going to come through? You think so? What do you think the disciples were thinking? Hold it, hold it. I mean, is this like a, a drama right here going on? <laughs> Got the scribes and the Pharisees saying, you know what? You guys can't do nothing. And the disciples saying, we tried. We couldn't do anything. The man says, you know, Lord, I ask your people. These guys are your right-hand men. These guys have been hanging with you for three years, and they should be able to know how to do this, and they couldn't. What's going to happen? And so, they, so Jesus saw. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. He said, what? Come out of him. Okay. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one deaf, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And the disciples went, whew. You bad, Jesus. You bad. You know how to do it. You came through for us. You ever have people come through for you? You know, you're getting a fight and some big guy comes and, what are you doing messing with my, my friend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus was the big brother. And the last scripture. <laughs> and when he had come into the house, after all the smoke had cleared, all the multitude left, the disciple says, how come we couldn't cast him out? He said to them, what? This kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. What situation are you facing today? Does it need prayer and fasting? Does it need seeking the Lord more to get into his presence so that he can work those great works? If thou canst believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for encouraging us to let us know that all things are possible with you. And Father, because we are with you and you're with us, we know that you can do the things that we have set before you. And we believe, help thou our unbelief. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I have some situations that I need to give up to the, give to the Lord. And the Lord said, we asked the Lord, if you can do anything, Lord, help us. And he would say to us, if you can't believe, all things are possible. I can do that. I can settle that situation with, your, with your, your sons and your daughters and with your finances and with your body, with your marriage, with any habits that you have, with your mind, anything that you need to get straight. The Lord says, I am there to help you. I will walk through it with you, and I will see you victorious because I've called you by my name. So lift that, lift that whatever concern you have to the Lord right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, he is 
Say this with me. All things are possible to him that believes. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. You're on your way. Praise the Lord. Well, we have some uh, little treats for you as you leave since it's hot. Norma brought some uh, big stick ice cream cones <laughs> to cool your throat. But before you go, let me uh, proclaim a blessing upon you. The Lord bless thee, the Lord keep thee, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious to thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace and give thee rest all the days of your life till we meet again. God bless you. Have a great week. See you on, on uh, Tuesday, men. Wednesday, the Truth Project, park in the street and let the, the parking lot people do their work. To God be the glory. Amen and amen. <laughs>